and welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast, the show where we take a given movie genre and we explore those good titles, those bad titles, and let's just face it, every movie's a good movie during quarantine, guys. So uh, let's just <laughs> let's just call them all good. They're, they're is that true? Time, okay? Is that true? I think uh, during this podcast, we'll probably disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. As we get into the weeds, maybe that'll yeah. fall apart. But yeah. I am Mark, and we're here with a special guest today. Charles, you want to introduce him? Yeah, I'm Charles, and this is Dr. Mike. And he does, I don't think you like me called Dr. Mike. I remember you said that before, so I'm just going to call you Mike. <laughs> It's really hard for you, Charles. I know you're going to keep calling. It's really hard. I'm not. I'm not meaning to call you out, Mark. I just. It is really hard not to. I. I. I just. Yeah. I didn't call him Doctor Mike. Like six years in the making. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, but he is a doctor, and uh, you know, since we are all in quarantine, I did want to talk to him a little bit about uh the virus that's going around right now, why we're all in quarantine. Uh, so he agreed to talk a little bit about that. My main thing, uh, I real quick, I just want to say, like, I see a lot of people posting online where they're not taking it seriously. Um, and I see a lot of people saying, well, the flu is much worse. So, you know, is it something we definitely should be taking serious? We should be staying indoors in your, by your opinion? Definitely. I okay. mean, this is, uh, this is, a a scary virus. I mean, if you're paying attention to the news at all, uh, you're seeing lots of reports It started obviously in China, but there were tons of cases in, uh, uh, in Italy and Iran and Spain now. Um, and in the United States, in New York, uh, Seattle, especially New York, New Jersey, they're being absolutely overrun with this virus. Um, lots of places are getting close to the point of being unable to take care of all the people who have, I mean, people who get sick, who need to be in intensive care in the hospital. They're running out of intensive care. They're running out of ventilators. You can't, you can't hear anything other than that in the, in the news. It's, it's a very serious problem. Uh, I've been watching the numbers very closely here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, it's scary. People are locked down, and uh, and we need to be taking it seriously for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, good, good, good. So on that note, I mean, we're kind of a light podcast here. It's not like we get really heavy. Um, we and I want to make clear we're not making fun of the virus or people that get it. We just thought it'd be kind of a cool thing to discuss some movies that deal with viruses, and there are a lot of them. I mean, this is this was a hard list to whittle down. Uh, we we did put it down to seven and mo- more like six because I'm me and I'm the only one that watched one of the movies. Um, but but uh, we didn't even get some of the really big ones. Like I think uh, you know, like outbreak comes up a lot. Um, people talk about we're not we're not doing that one. And then you got any number of zombie films like the Twenty Eight Days Later or Dawn of the Dead. Any of those would have worked. Uh, we're also not including. Uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, especially, you know, the last one, War of the Planet of the Apes, that would dealt with it. Um, but hopefully we are doing a pretty eclectic but good list that covers, runs the gamut here. Uh, so I think we're going to be starting with 12 Monkeys from 95. Uh, anybody have the synopsis pulled up for that one? Catching this off no. guard here a little bit. Uh, I don't. There are twelve monkeys. Well, we went from hold on. went from serious discussion about a virus to let's talk about twelve monkeys. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, and also, Kelly made a fancy new graphic for us, so I can turn on this handy dandy. Oh, look at that! Only problem is it covers up half of Mark's face in that view. Wasn't counting <laughs> oh, on that. <laughs> but, but, is it my good half or my bad half? <laughs> which is which? Uh, okay, but, <laughs> I've got a synopsis here. Uh, twelve monkeys in the future world devastated by disease. A convict is sent back in time to gather information about the man-made virus that wiped out most of the human population on the planet. All right. And so with that, we're going to play the trailer.
a very good observer, Cole. We have a very advanced program, something very different. An opportunity to reduce your sentence considerably. And possibly play an important role in returning the human race to the surface of the Earth. No license, no prints, no warrants. But he took on five cops like he was adjusted to the eyeballs. What year is this? What year do you think it is? 1996. That's the future, James. Do you think you're living in the future? I am simply trying to gather information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. We're not in the present now. This is a place for crazy people. I'm not saying you're not mentally ill. For all I know, you're <laughs> crazy as a loon. The army of the 12 monkeys, they're the ones that spread the virus. Monkeys? He's been living in a meticulously constructed fantasy world, and that world is starting to disintegrate. You haven't become addicted to that dying world? No, sir. He needs help. You think I'm crazy when people start dying next month? I don't belong here. You're here because of the system. I know some things that you don't know. Yes, my son. You sent me to the wrong year. You're certain of that? Science ain't an exact science. You had a bullet from World War One in your leg, James. How did it get there? I don't know. You're a trained psychiatrist. You know the difference between what's real and what's not. You said that I had delusions. You said you could explain. I'm trying to. I want the future to be unknown. I can help you. Get you out. The thing mutates, we live underground! They're watching you. I just want to do my part to get us back on top in charge of the planet. And that was 12 Monkeys with Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis. Hey, look at that uh, lower third. It looks nice there. It's, yeah. yeah, there we go. So I don't know. I actually, um, I kind of like this movie, even though it's it's a little weird and bizarre. I think Mike had made some derogatory comments about it maybe earlier. I do we want to start with his opinion? Go for it. <laughs> That's putting him on the spot, though, but go for it. I, well, I didn't mean to be derogatory. It was just, um, it, it's a really interesting story. Um, it's I always find Terry Gilliam's movies kind of hard to follow. Um, I think he he focuses on the the visual aspect of, of, of movie making and and he makes movies that are really interesting to watch, to look at. And this is no exception. But I, I find the plot really convoluted. I feel like there were details that he sort of alluded to, and he had to be really super paying attention. I think if you go back and watch again, you catch more of it the second time around. I think his movies do uh, reward. Uh, close attention and and repeated watching, but the first time around, I just sort of kept scratching my head, saying, "What is going on yeah. with this movie?" Actually, I really like. Oh, go ahead. I like go the storyline when you when you pick it apart, but there is a little bit of there's a bit a bit too much crazy Brad Pitt for me, and a, uh, just some scenes that kind of drag on. And there, he's trying to build the atmosphere of this post-apocalyptic thing, but it, I think it's just too much for me. Well, that. He, Brad Pitt's actually one of the people that gets praised the most in this movie. I, if I'm not mistaken, he got nominated for supporting actor for this. Um, wow. I just, I think it's, I think he's just way too over the top for me. Um, but it does fit in line with, you know, what you're saying, Mike, about the rest of Terry Killham's films. They are kind of over the top. This very much fits in like with Brazil and all that. Um, but uh, I, I like this movie and I like the way it deals with time travel and how it's not split alternate 
you know, parallel universes. This is everything that happens, happens. It's already happened. If it's going to happen, it's happened kind of thing. Uh, there's know. a there's a time I love time travel movies and there's a time travel story by Robert Heinlein and I'm, I'm blank, it's a short story and I'm blanking on the uh, the title but it, it very much deals with that idea that people from the future come back and affect the past and, and you see the same character in three different timelines and he sort of alters his own future several times and that's what this felt like to me yeah I, and the, the only thing I didn't like about it per se was that they the movie's called 12 monkeys and the 12 monkey army has nothing to do with the virus. Like it's a big, I don't know. It's kind of a big tease, a big cheat. I think because Brad Pitt's, Brad Pitt's character has nothing to do with it. His army has nothing to do with it. You could say, well, that's a big twist, but I don't know. And I haven't watched the series. There's a television series also called 12 monkeys. I mean, how do you do that? Like now you've got a whole series that has nothing to do with its title. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a MacGuffin essentially. It's just chasing it the entire time. That bothers me. You know, I wish I wish that it had more to do with it because especially early on, there's the feeling where Bruce Willis makes the comment when he's in 1990 to Brad Pitt about how sometimes he wished, you know, it's happy it wiped out the earth. And then later on, he thinks, oh, man, did I start this whole thing? Did I give Brad Pitt that idea? That's a cool thought. It's like, was Bruce Willis going back in time? Did he inadvertently start this? But they just do away with that because it doesn't matter. You know, so. Yeah, uh, I. I. But I do like this movie. I li- I love time travel movies. Uh, the have you guys seen Primer? Mm-mm. That's a no. it's a really like micro budget film, and I it was where was it made? It was made here somewhere. Like it was made at a college here somewhere in DFW for like five grand, and it was made by actual students that are studying it, like physicists and all that. So they wanted to make it as accurate as possible. If is it that existed. the one where they like climb in the box? Yeah, I believe so. Yes, and then yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's very confusing, very trippy. Yeah, like someone was showing a chart that showed like the way timelines work in movies. Like they showed like Back to the Future in 1985 when it splits off, and very simple things. And they show Primer; it's just lines going everywhere, um, which always cracks me up. But but yeah, I mean, so I like that aspect of it. I like the end. I like the twist, you know, with Bruce Willis and all that. But I I just I just didn't really think the Brad Pitt character or any of the stuff in the asylum really worked because they, they just kind of cheated you of it at the end. But Kelly, what do you think? You're kind of silent up there. Yeah, no, I, I didn't really, I don't know. It wasn't really for me. I don't think, I mean, I appreciated all the things about it that you're talking about, like the, the concept of it and just the idea, but it, it reminded me of, I think it's snatch. Right. Where, where Brad Pitt is like another crazy character that it's like almost <laughs> it's just way too much. Like I, I couldn't get into it at all. I was like, how much longer am I going to have to watch this? Wow. And- yeah. And was he was he trying to get away from like the pretty boy Brad Pitt thing Probably. in this movie or that? That's what struck me because it was so over the top that I felt like he was trying to escape the, well, the it was really, maybe. really early in his career, too. I mean, he had made. um Legends of the Fall, yeah, and something else that was really early. But I mean, this was all Thelma and Louise in the first was all within the first couple of years of his career. So I don't know if the the, the pretty boy Brad Pitt thing had really caught on too much. But when when he shot this, I don't know if any of those other movies had come out. I don't. I'm not. I don't remember. Well, but also, I mean, he 
Yeah, I mean, he, he he was so over the top, and I guess he's wearing, they did something with his eyes, he's wearing like a different colored eye, or different, just looks slightly, you know, different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I to your to your point, Kelly, I actually really liked him in Snatch. I thought, I loved that performance, and I thought that was one of the ones where, no, nobody else is, anyway. Uh, it's been a while to, since I've seen that movie. To me, that yeah, is um, like the ultimate movie that dudes like, that, that, <laughs> That got the the girl. I I don't know. Like I watched it on multiple dates with multiple people, <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Was that the litmus test? Well, for wait the, a minute, for the guys, yeah. you dated. Maybe, oh, snatch. Okay, maybe no, you just don't date. like it. How maybe do you... I just don't like it. I, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I accept that that's a possibility. I I, I actually really do like that movie. I love his performance <laughs> in it. That that movie, I would. Uh, yeah, I, I really. I, I thought he was nuts enough in it, and the the accent he did was crazy. Um, but the, one thing I was going to mention about 12 Monkeys is it, I think it was really tightly written because you had the Bruce Willis, when they introduced his character, you had the two bodyguards bring him in and they said, this one's a violent one. And they kind of read off the list of all the things he had done. And you're like, oh, he's a violent guy. But then you realize, no, he's got those uh, strikes against him because of all the stuff he does in the movie throughout going back. And then he gets all those crimes against him yeah. because he's trying to stop this. And you're like, oh, so he's not. A violent character that that to me that was kind of cool when I but to that end though I thought he was a little I, I not that his acting was bad but he was a little too aggressive a little too nuts sometimes I was thinking okay yeah you're, you're trying to save the world I get that but just tone it down just a bit be a little more nice some of that it got to be the directing with with Terry Gilliam I yeah. would think yeah but is he can I just ask is Bruce Willis a good actor I think so no. I think he, he I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I wanna, he is. Go ahead. I, I mean, I want to think that he is. He is. Like, if you watch him in his ultimate roles, but there's been several movies lately. What would you oh. consider his ultimate roles, though? We got to go, go back to that. What, well, what's I mean, it? he's great in Die Hard. Like, okay. um, he's good in, what's that movie, Red, he's really good in? I mean, I don't know if that's one of his ultimate roles, but it's just one that pops into my mind. But Or The Sixth Sense. I, Oh yeah, the sixth sense, of course. Yeah, and and I'm just thinking of, but maybe it's this podcast, like the, the good, bad, ugly nature of it. Like I feel like I've watched a lot of stuff this recently. This is like two two thirds of bit, everything we watch are not good. Well, I, uh, what's the one bonfire of the vanities? The bonfire yeah, of the that's vanities. True. Yeah, yes. yeah, right. And then you watch this movie, and he's he's a little bit bonfire of the vanities ish. Yeah. I just. It wasn't as bad as Brad Pitt for me. It was it was more palatable, but it was a struggle, I must say. I'm sorry, guys. No, you, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not taking it personally. It's not like it was an open movie. question for me because because coming in, I was like, oh, Bruce Willis, he's a good, and then I realized, no, he's a popular actor. Yeah, and I, I I've never really stopped to consider is he really a good actor in terms of the craft? But I would say, you know, if we if this were a typical good, the bad, the podcast episode, I would put this down as a ugly movie there are some things mm -hmm. about it i enjoy yeah. there are some things about it that i would go back and watch again but ultimately on a first watch i was like mm, it, it, I, I thought about it a lot i mean it, i like movies that make me keep thinking about them and i think that's it, it definitely really? made me think for a couple of days you know kept going back to the plot and piecing it back together oh that was pretty smart oh that was kind of cool but the actual experience of watching it i was scratching my head the whole time going what is happening i cannot follow this movie yeah. until the end when it all kind of comes together you're like Oh, I get it. See, see, for me, it's 
it's not quite ugly enough and it's not quite good enough. I'm kind of more neutral about it. You know what I mean? I I think it's I I, I don't know. I mean, a part of it is because I think of ugly films and I'm like, okay, now this at least has really good production value and um, this is not the room. Uh, but so I, this is one I would just be really neutral about um, personally. Speaking uh, of which, Charles, have you? I saw you shared something the other day about the room. Yes. Would you like to? To share anything about that? That was an our, that was an April Fool. That was an April Fool's joke, by the way. If you oh, didn't, <laughs> dang it! <laughs> that you was punked a, me. That was about the well. That wasn't mine. It was a High Def Digest. They did. A, they were saying that the 4K version of the room was coming soon, and and the article reads really like it's like okay because for those that don't know, he shot Tommy Wiseau shot the room on really nice high di- high def cameras and film. Yeah. He had two cameras running. And so he has, like, if he wanted to, he could make a 4K master that would look amazing. <laughs> I, but it's not coming out. It's it's fake. I uh, believed it. Yeah, I'm well, spreading fake news. Because that movie needs to look amazing. It, it does. It, <laughs> do, it does look amazing. Well, that's like me. I, I want to buy the, the Blu-ray of the Santa Claus, our Santa Claus movie. They made one that they restored the, the both the, the Spanish language version and <laughs> the dub. So, okay, bueno. Yeah. All right. Well, let's All move right, on to the next on. one. Then. Yeah, let's go. We're going to be talking about Contagion. So go ahead, Mark. And you are whoever's. I'm. I'm counting on you to have the, the synopsis, but that maybe that's not fair. Anybody have a synopsis? No, it's totally fair. I have a synopsis okay. pulled up on my phone. All right. And I'm not just talking very slowly because I don't. <laughs> right. I'm currently pulling it up. By the end up. of this sentence, I will have it. <laughs> Lower third looks and nice. Contagion. Okay. Healthcare professionals, government officials, and everyday people find themselves in the midst of a pandemic as the CDC works to find a cure. All right. And here's the trailer. It was a groundbreaking ceremony for a new factory. Did she mention seeing anyone who was sick? Anyone on a plane at the airport? No, she said she was jet-lagged. The average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Mom? No, no, uh, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. Seizure this morning, Beth. She had a history of seizures. No, 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 no. Allergies. As of last night, there were 32 cases. Unfortunately, she did die. Right. Can I go talk to her? Mr. Amoff, your wife is dead. What are you talking about? What happened to her? What happened to her? Is there any way someone could weaponize the bird flu? Is that what we're looking at? Someone doesn't have to weaponize the bird flu. The birds are doing that. Watch this. It's transmission, so we just need to know which direction. On day one, there were two people, and then four, and then 16. In three months, it's a billion. That's where we're headed. They're calling out the National Guard. They're moving the president underground. People will panic. It will tip over. The truth is being kept from the world. Cook your samples, destroy everything. Hello. I need you to get me the names of everyone who serviced this room. It's an emergency. You can't panic now. I know. I'm gonna get you home. I got people too, Dr. Cheever. 
We all do. Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Stay away from other people. We're back in your car. We're not sick. It's figuring us out faster than we're figuring it out. It's mutating. And that was Contagion. And uh, for my money, this is probably the most realistic and kind of heart-rending movie to watch during an actual pandemic because it's so realistically done. And it's very similar to what's going on now. That kind of creeped me out. Very, that creeped me out a lot. And on top of that, if if uh, if we were discussing like good, bad, and ugly, like we're saying, this would probably be a good example of these kind of movies because it's so well done. It, it operates as a thriller. Uh, Steven Soderbergh, uh, great director on this one, but uh, it's it's kind of amazing how creepy it is and how they're able to. There's a lot of exposition, you know, getting the being able to explain it to the audience, even though these are scientists talking about it. But it works. They give you just enough. It's not too unrealistic the way they talk about it and say it. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I like this movie a lot. It, it 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 genuinely creeps me out. I think the part mm-hmm. the part that gets me, and I I don't know why. Like it's when they're 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 t- they're sawing her head, like when they're testing Gwyneth Paltrow's uh-huh. head, and they put the thing. Yeah. And, like I don't know why. It's a simple thing. It's not even that particularly that gory. You know, but for some reason that just gets me. That there's a chill in that moment where it's like this is real. You well, know. and you don't get to see what they're seeing. You just have that moment where you see the flap of skin come out. You know they're looking inside the brain, and they're like, "Oh my god!" You know, and you don't call it's everyone. Like, yeah, it's it's you get chills. Yeah, that's the like I said, that's the scene that really drives it home for me, and and the fact that this big actress Gwyneth Paltrow is essentially killed off early, early on. I mean, we're seeing flashbacks of her every now and then, but that's. It's kind of like a psycho thing. Like, I don't know that people were expecting her to be killed off. And this is a spoiler for the movie, but it's the same thing with uh, Kate Winslet. Like, I, the first time I saw this movie, I didn't think she was going to die. It's like, okay, she's going to get home. They're going to find something. No, it's just cut to her. She's, you know, dead. That's, again, these are, these are kind of things I think they, they pull the wool out, you know, they pull the rug out from under us and they, they subvert what you think is going to happen. And I, I really do like that. It seems more realistic that way because you don't know who's going to live or die at any given point. So Yeah, I mean, and it's realistic in the sense that with what we're going through now with coronavirus, like people who are on the front lines are certainly not immune I mean, anybody that this, this woman, you want her to live because she has, it's, it's so, she's so passionate about understanding it and spreading only the facts and all this. And then she's one of the heroes of the movie and she dies with no preamble. And I mean, we're yeah. seeing that. I, I agree with you, Charles, like this, this movie kind of freaked me out. Well, and then uh, <laughs> the one thing I would say that I, that I, and I'm kind of mixed about this part, but it's the. The whole thing with the Chinese people kidnapping the doctor, um, I felt like that plot was a little weird. They didn't really expand mm-hmm, on it yeah. enough for me. I, I liked what she was doing. I liked that they were going through the video, and it was kind of it was really cool. And they were seeing who passed it to who and all that. I did like that, uh, but I just thought that was like the one segment that it didn't really need. You know, yeah. when she was there, when she got kidnapped, she was there for a long time. It seemed, and she had just become part of the community and was teaching the kids, and then. Didn't seem to be upset. She had been kidnapped to save this one village. 
Right. And, and I, and I gather that they're, they're implying she's going to go and help him. Although I don't know how she's going to help him. She, I guess she, t- she has the, she didn't take hers. Did she, I guess she, uh, he, he handed it to her at the airport and said, you took a placebo. So maybe she I has to say, I, I think they, they sort of implied that she left the airport and went back to save them. Cause she was sad that they were all, but did she have the, she had the vaccination at that point. She hadn't used it. And she was gonna, I don't think she took it. Okay, so maybe it implied she would go back and copy it or something. I don't know. What I thought was really interesting about, you know, because you watch this movie and you're like, wow, they've got a huge cast of big name stars. Yeah. And and I thought that, you know, for a movie that had so many plot threads um, and it was, it was all over the world, literally, um, it would be very easy because I – I can't remember any characters' names. I mean, the the doctor, the Lawrence Fishburne character had a, had a name that we heard a hundred times, and I guess um, Matt Damon's character we heard his name a lot. But a lot of these characters we didn't really get their names to latch onto them, and so having recognizable faces really allows you to remember who it is you're watching and follow those plot threads without yeah. having a lot of stop and, and do exposition about mm-hmm. who you are and why we should care about you. You know, you can just pop onto, Oh yeah. Oh, that's that guy that I've seen in this other movie mm-hmm. and, and they're playing the doctor or they're playing the whatever. So I thought that was a really smart way to make this movie. Cause if you had a bunch of no name actors faces you've never seen before, it would have been really confusing. That's true. I didn't think about that, that's but a, you, you yeah, are right though. Point. Mm-hmm. And also it works to the point like I was saying earlier too, that you don't expect these big actors to die suddenly. You expect them all to be heroes. So it works mm-hmm. for a, a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also and they're fantastic guys. Go ahead. Kind of subverts our expectations of this is an important person to the human society structure. And the virus doesn't care about any of that. It, you know, it'll yeah. kill indiscriminately. That, uh, one other thing um, I was going to say too, the, the, when the house across the street is broken into the Matt Damon watches, mm-hmm. that's also another thing that really hits home. Like for me, like the, the, that creeped me out. Even well, can I can I ask? Did he find so. bodies or anything of the? Because he went to look and he didn't find them, right? I, I well, I don't know. I mean, I know he got the. I I don't think he found bodies. I I, I guess I didn't really. I don't really know what they were implying there. But he did go to yeah. look. That was because I assumed you would, for dramatic effect, you would show him discovering the the dead neighbors. But uh, he just took their gun, right? Yeah, all that's, that's all I saw is he took the gun. Yeah. But you're right. He okay. he. There had to have been something that happened. It. Well, there had to have been something that happened, right? Because we saw the from the far away, which again, I love that too. Kind of like the rear window thing, like seeing something far away is more creepy. You see the lights yeah. flash and the silence and all that. But you're right. Maybe that maybe he saw bodies. I don't know. I really liked uh, Jude Law's character and the the kind of disseminator of, of false evidence. In okay, so his character did they did he really have the virus? He claimed he did. The guy said he didn't. I mean, no, I don't I, think so. You don't think he had it at all? No, because they made the point about you never, you didn't have any antibodies. You never had the virus, and mm, you know yeah. he's sort of this fringe character who, who is trying to make money off this deal and and build his his reputation as a, a blogger or whatever. So you think one hundred percent he's lying? That, that was the only thing. I, I think so. Okay, which is it makes his character even more interesting. It's like someone, you know, and he he definitely got millions out of it, um, promoting that, whatever that herbal remedy was or whatever it was right uh or Scythia. yeah and that's an interesting that's an interesting thing on it because yeah because again there's offer right now what we're going with there's lots of people doing stuff i mean even they're talking about the different uh stuff you could take like over the counter mixed together and drink and it's killing people so 
Uh, you know, uh, when we started talking about this movie, you guys said, you know, it seems so real compared to what's going on right now. And and I, I actually a couple times went back and said, they made this movie in 2011. It was that long ago because it seemed like it was ripped from the headlines. You know, it was like yeah. made last week to, to parallel right. what's going on today. I mean, it felt mm-hmm. it does very real. Well, and and even uh, I, I, there's so many things like because uh, I, I rewatched it for this. I hadn't seen it in a long time, and so I rewatched it. And when I when I saw the graphic that Kelly made for this, and I'm like. I'm like, wait a minute, the the you know the Asian people on it. I was like, did this thing start in Asia, like just like the current one did? And like, I'm looking at it and I watched the movie and I'm like, oh my god, it really did. This is exactly. And I'm talking about like bats and stuff, and it shows the bat droppings. Yep. It's like, holy cow. Uh, but uh, to that end, though, I mean, as a doctor, Mike, I mean, it, you're. I mean, I I don't know. Is this realistic? The way you you think these things go down like this? I mean, did the is it is a science right behind it from what you're seeing? It seemed it seemed very. I mean, I I wasn't trying to be critical of it. Um, I probably could pick some nits here and there, but for the most part, yeah, it felt it felt very very right on. Because like I was saying earlier, it kind of felt like they were they were doing exposition where they had to figure out a way to explain to the audience these these complicated you know things. And I, I thought they to me it seemed like they did a really good job where it didn't feel like they were dumbing it down, but it didn't feel like too much exposition. I, I, right when they're talking about like the R not and all that, I really that's really interesting stuff i thought yeah well and and you know the whole idea of the the lady who created the vaccine then testing it out on herself um that that did feel a little yeah a little fake to me i don't really think it would go down like that i mean yes in the old days uh you know uh richard jenner who developed the smallpox vaccine tested it on himself and his kids or whatever. But, you know, I don't think it's going to go down like that with the, you know, the coronavirus that we're dealing with now. I think they'll actually have, you know, real uh, clinical trials and not just, you know, give it to themselves and hope for the best. Go, go, you know, yeah. breathe on somebody yeah. or have somebody breathe on them with the virus. And well, maybe I got infected or not. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it seemed to go really quickly. And, you know, one of the things, one of the big news stories now is how long it's going to take 12 yeah. to 18 months before we develop a virus and can get it tested and approved and manufactured and distributed. And, and obviously we're dealing with a movie where they've got a compressed time, but it, I didn't really get a great sense of the timeline, you know, from when the virus started, I think right before Thanksgiving, and to when they were doing the the draft, the lottery for who's going to get the the uh, the vaccine, you know, it, it all seemed very compressed. Um, yeah, and that that part probably wasn't very realistic, unfortunately. The other interesting difference I've noticed uh, between the movie and, and coronavirus is how quickly we shut everything down. Compared to in the movie, there's like this virus that kills within a couple of days, like everybody, and they just shut down the one school. They're like, every other school in the district is open, but, you know, just kind of keep your distance. Whereas we're like, nobody go to work. Nobody, <laughs> like, let's stop this now. So, yeah. Uh, that has to do with the incubation period, too, right? Because it's you could asymptomatic, but still passing it along to yeah, other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to say? Or ready to move on to the next one? We're good. All right. So we're going to talk about The Last Man on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, I think I'm the only one that watched it all the way through. Uh, Mike said he watched 10 to 20 minutes of it or so. Uh, who, has, 30. Who, has a, who has a synopsis or is it me? I don't know. I've got it. Okay, go ahead. 
The Last Man on Earth. When a disease turns all of humanity into the living dead, the last man on Earth becomes a reluctant vampire hunter. 1964. All right. Well, I'm going to play the trailer then. We switch you to the state capitol, where His Excellency, the governor, is speaking from the executive mansion. Further, I have, in conjunction with the federal government, declared this state to be a disaster area. I was sent to keep you here until they come. To kill me. Vampires, alive among the lifeless, that make the night hideous with their inhuman cravings. If they are not destroyed in the flaming pits of hellfire, or staked to the ground in the light of the sun, <coughs> will the unbelievable become real? A world of inanimate zombies by day, irresistible, horrifying attackers by night, Can a zombie woman's hunger for love repopulate the earth? And that was The Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, 1964, which only Charles watched. Charles, go. Okay, so there are <laughs> <laughs> there are three uh, movie versions of the book, which the book is called I Am Legend. Um, and I think it was written in 1954 um, or 1959, I'm not sure. But um, they say that out of the three, uh, Omega Man, I Am Legend, and this one, that this one is the closest to the book. Uh, I don't know. I'm mixed about this movie. Uh, there's there's a lot of good things about it. I you know I love Vincent Price. Uh, he's great. Um, and I, I like that this really sets up the premise of zombies. I mean, this is before Night of the Living Dead even uh, when this came out. So I, I I feel like in a lot of ways it's kind of the grandfather to the modern zombie movie. Um, but. You know, I, I, it's the last one I saw to these versions. I saw them in reverse order. I saw I Am Legend first, then Omega Man, then this one. And I, I, you know, this is definitely, it's, I don't know if I say it's my least favorite version, but it, it's, they're all so different. And I, I don't particularly like the, the, the villains in this, the zombie like creatures that they are. I, I preferred, much preferred them in I Am Legend. Um, course i don't even know what i thought of the ones in omega man but but the, i think that's the biggest difference in all these movies is the the villains are all so different you go from like zombies in this one to like a religious horde in omega man to straight up vampires in the in iron legend and so that's that's the biggest thing uh this one kind of plays out like uh it plays out like an episode of twilight zone um Good or bad, and there's a lot of narration, especially at the beginning. He is just narrating everything he's doing. It's like, okay, I get it. You got to kill them. You got to take them in. Fine, but um, I think it would have been so much better without the narration and um, and the ending, which I won't really get into. But it is 
very different from the other two movies. So I, I if if I don't know, I, it's it's hard to say. I haven't I haven't read the book, so I don't know. But um, Doctor Mike, or I'm sorry, Mike, uh, which uh, you watched the first ten minutes of it or twenty? I don't remember which one you said. I, I watched I watched probably twenty or thirty minutes. Oh, it's an hour and a half long. I watched yeah. probably a third of it. Um, it was slow. It was. It felt like it was a low budget 50s science fiction movie which it was um and you know um i i didn't feel compelled to continue it um so i did not (laughs) (laughs) well said what what, do you agree do you agree with me on the narration at the beginning it was like so over the top he was like narrating everything he did when you said that it it did feel like a twilight zone episode yeah um and 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 i just I wanted it to be over. I wanted to be finished with it. And, you know, I mean, I kept going, okay, why are, why does this virus turn people into vampires? I mean, to the point of, you know, draping garlic on your front door. Yeah. And okay. Putting this mirror up to keep, cause they're going to be scared of the mirror. Okay. I mean, that, that, that seemed like a difference. That comes from, that, yeah. It that comes right from the book, right? Right out of the book. Yeah. But that's, but that's the thing though, because they're, they're like, yeah, they are like vampires, but they're more like zombies. Yeah. Well, in the, in the book, apparently they're very fast moving, scary, like, like the I am legend movie with Will Smith. Um, and, and so, you know, that I read was one of the criticisms of this Vincent Price movie was the fact that, you know, these were sort of these slow moving zomb what we now think of as zombies. Um, and, and I wonder if, you know, the, the Charlton Heston movie would be sort of derived by that. Cause they weren't, they weren't vampires. They weren't, zombies they weren't i don't know what they were a religious uh, cult it was <laughs> right but um but i mean it's like well we want to do something that's like that we wanted to be sort of these scary people i don't know it was just weird and it was I, I i said quietly privately you know the book must have been great because they keep trying to make movies out of this thing but i'm not sure that any of the movies are that great well but it's funny you brought up the garlic because I had forgotten about that actually. Like it, but that it is like there are very much specific things, and they have the steak. You know, he's always carving the steak out, uh, just like you would for a vampire movie, and the the mirror thing, which is kind of weird because later on you they you can clearly see the reflection in the mirror when they're moving by it. It's they only <laughs> they didn't have the budget to not actually do a good effect of that. They, you know, uh, but yeah, it is like a it's like a zombie zombie. Sp- vampire hybrid thing and then at the end like again i'm not going to get the spoilers of it too much but the the humans or the surviving humans are the bad guys in this one which is just that that blows my mind anyway that's totally different from the rest of the movies you guys want to switch to the i don't i wouldn't say that but we'll get into that in the next two i guess well Well, the surviving the actual surviving humans i mean not the religious cult kind of thing to bring up the uh to bring up the whole you know, vampire thing. Like we said, they hadn't really the what we think of as as cinema zombie thing hadn't really been created yet. And and you know why were they vampires? Because uh, I don't think this book book was that old. I think it was written in. I think 50s, it's fifties, fifty four. I think. Yeah. Um, and you know, vampires were very much a thing. And I thought it was interesting. This was made, I believe, by Hammer Films, which did the whole vampire revival with. Uh, Peter Cushing and uh, Christopher Lee. So, you know, there's that, that connection too. So I just wonder if sort of vamp- vampires were part of the, the cultural monster zeitgeist. And that's what 
the author brought in and that's what they they brought in yeah even though it doesn't really make sense why a virus would turn people into garlic fearing vampires i mean that's just bizarro <laughs> to me but that, i mean there's some good plots of movie it could be done it's a, not necessarily <laughs> this one all right you guys ready to talk about uh, omega man since we've already kind of brought it up a little bit yes i am okay. charlton heston's ready to watch the movie all right, what do we got? That was a horrible Charlton Heston. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I didn't even realize you were doing Charlton Heston. That was my Charlton Heston. <laughs> you dang dirty ape. You, you sound like uh, what's the guy in The Simpsons? Uh, the Troy McClure. Yeah, Troy McClure. You may remember me from such films. Oh, tr- That's what he kind of sounded like. All right, Sorry. Sorry. go ahead. Who's, who's ever got the Omega Man one? I've got it. Okay. Okay. So, lone survivor, Dr. Robert Neville, struggles to create a cure for the plague that wiped out most of the human race while fighting for the family, a savage Luddite death cult (laughs) formed by the zombie-like infected to erase the past. Here's the trailer. Caesar. The last man on earth always carries an automatic weapon. The last man on earth is hunting. himself. And I see you got a mad scientist. You know me? And about your work. My work? Incremental effects, countermeasures to toxic agents and liquid systems delivery, microbiological letters, January 1975, remember? You know what it means? I was a med school senior when they scratched the world. Family. God, I forgot to keep the fuel up in the generator. They'll be into the garage! Not the place where all the dead were 
and that was Omega Man, the second uh, the second attempt at making this book good. And I think it <laughs> failed. Failed miserably. And how? <laughs> so, Char- just let me. I'll just start out by saying Charlton Heston is slightly too old maybe for this role and i feel like he just walked onto the set and was like i'm Charlton heston and this movie is gonna be good because i'm in it and it doesn't matter what i do people are gonna love me start filming i i have to take an unpopular opinion here i guess i i don't hate this movie uh i i i yeah, I, there's there's parts of it that I really like, but it is really really goofy and it's really dated. Surprisingly, so we were, man, we, we should have been recording during that trailer because we were talking about a lot of stuff. Like we went, what, we, like okay, we we're talking about how he doesn't have his shirt on for a lot of this movie, and is is he sexy? Kelly apparently thinks so. I, I don't know. I think he is, and I'm not ashamed. To I'm say not it, trying to call so. you out on it per se. I just I I just didn't see that. I would have thought. The, you know that people would see this and be like, "Oh no!" But okay. Well, I think he, I think he aged somewhat well. He definitely has dad bod, which we mentioned. But it reminded me of like Sean Connery as James Bond in the later movies, where it's like, is he? It's almost like the Family Guy in shape, out of shape guy. It's like, is he in shape? Is he <laughs> out of shape? Some, I can't. Even tell. some of the the, the early Connery, Connery James yeah. Bond movies. I mean, he, you know, by today's standards, was he? Was he? You know. Buffed up or whatever, no beefcake, beefcake, <laughs> not remotely, remotely. He was, you know, sort of scrawny shoulders and and big barrel chested from smoking all the time, I guess. <laughs> and you know, it, it's he didn't, you know, no abs, sort of this like sort of soft, not fat, flabby, but just sort of soft belly. And you know, I'm sorry, Kelly, you probably are angry at us because you think Sean Connery's. The stud muffin too. I'm I sure. mean, I mean, I do think he's. <laughs> Although your your I favorite do, is Roger Moore, right? No, <laughs> how dare you, Charles? That, that's you the line. That. Okay, I just want to know where it's at. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but okay, but I, th- I we were talking about a lot of stuff in this. Like the uh, the trailer is ridiculous. It the movie's better than the trailer yes. makes it out to be, um, which. Okay, but in my opinion, I think so. <laughs> but the but the, the we're talking about there's like the the lack of music at the beginning, and then when there is music, it's that kind of '70s style, and um, I don't know. And I even like the part that well, I don't know that I like about it, but the the part where he's driving around, and then all of a sudden he gets out, and they speed they speed up the film, and he shoots, and they, it's just so cheesy the way they do it, and then he's just kind of you know Charlton Heston almost like walking off, you know, it's like John Wayne kind of walk. He's all happy with himself, and. I, that's the part that I think is a little too much. It's I, I like Charlton Heston as an actor, but this is a very weird role for him. Uh, I, I thought, and the fact that they 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 play up the race part of this a lot, like especially with you know with him and the um, I can't think of her character's name, but when he finally meets someone that's a human, and Lisa. they and they and they yeah, and then they you know even. T- they even like play up a thing about when they're about to make love, like you know, is it is it only because of the last people that exist? And and I think at one point she calls him a honky, and and there's just there's there's just it's it's a weird thing. Like there's a lot of like '70s style and a lot of like racism and dealing with it in, in awkward ways. On the I, other was, hand, I I thought it was really surprising that in 1971 they did a movie where with you know a a mixed race on-screen love scene yeah i would assume that that was like really provocative at the time was it not i don't know no and i and i agree with that i I definitely agree with that i just it just it was surprising me that it dealt with that at all you know 
Yeah. Yeah. You... And there were, for whatever reason, there was like no chemistry between those two. <laughs> yeah. Was... And the scene where, where he discovers her, she's like pretending to be the mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? Is this really what we're going to do with this scene? Yeah, apparently it is. Like moving, obviously. <laughs> like, girl. Do this was another movie that I had so much trouble sort of piecing together the plot. And they kept doing these weird flashbacks. To there was a, a war between China and Russia. And then there was, uh, it wasn't actually, I think, a virus. It was a bacteria disease. And there's something about, a lot of people died from it, but some people didn't. They, they turned into these sort of albino, scarred up with weird eyes. I don't know. Okay, but they're not really vampires in this one, right? And they're not really they're, zombies. No, they're just sort of like, they're sort of diseased from the... The they're blind, I guess. I couldn't tell if they were actually blind or not. Well, they could see in the dark, but they the, the light, I think that was the, the blind. But that's my point. You spend so much time kind of, what is happening in this movie? What is the story? What are these people? What is the family? What's the background? And yeah. you want, you know, I think if you're going to make this with that particular twist on this novel today, you, the audiences would almost demand that you Please explain what is happening. Please yeah, give me give me a Star Wars scroll. Just tell me the, tell me what happened in the first you know thirty seconds of the movie, so I can follow what's going on. Yeah, because I, I agree. you know it was just hard to follow. I, I know I sound like a broken record that I can't follow any of these movies. I'm not stupid, <laughs> uh, but I felt really stupid watching these movies. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, when I, when I was making the list, I wasn't trying to make you stupid. I feel stupid. Uh, that And actually, you just reminded me of something, too. You know, the the, the bad guys with the white makeup and the, the contact lens eyes thing um, because of the virus, that's an, even another aspect where they bring up race into it because – there's a black actor yeah. in the white makeup, and the I think the other guy even says we're all brothers here. You know, they they, they I feel like they kept bringing the race aspect of it in, which was interesting. Um, I, and I, like you said, I didn't really expect that. So, uh, uh, just a complete random side note: when he was playing chess uh, by himself, and he had that that outfit on, did anyone else get like an Austin Powers vibe? Like, was there like the? <laughs> it felt very much like the. I don't know, like the crushed velvet kind of thing. I, I don't know. I, I wonder if, if any of this was referenced in it Austin Powers. It reminded me of, of Seinfeld's pirate shirt. Yeah, that's true, too. I don't want to be a pirate. The puffy shirt. <laughs> this, again, this very, very, very dated movie. Uh, and the, and the um, now they do call him by the right name. His, his, uh, his Robert Neville in this one, whereas in Last Man on Earth, they changed the name to Morgan for some reason. And... That's a cool aspect uh, in both of this one and Last Man on Earth where they're calling out his name from the street. They do it a little bit in the Will Smith version, but it's very hard to hear. But this one, they're actually calling his name out. I, that does creep me out a little bit. Well, and I thought it was you know, talking about they've got these weird religious undertones to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the very end where he dies in the in the fountain and, and his blood and he's laid out like he's on a cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. weird religious imagery um and like he he died to save his people i don't know They're, again i'm not sure what they were trying to do but i was so confused through so much of this <laughs> yeah well and, and and he did he did the um this is that is similar to the last man on earth more similar to that one than it is to the, the will smith version um anyway go ahead kelly what were you gonna say Oh, I, I just, I mean, I was, I was very confused during this movie as well. And I think this for me 
and you guys all know this, and I apologize for it. I don't know how it happened, but as a self-proclaimed movie lover, I, I have a big gap in the 70s in my movie knowledge. I mean, I'm not saying I've never seen any 1970s movies, but like, that's not what I'm the most familiar with. And movies like this kind of just epitomize why. Because <laughs> I just... <laughs> so many things about it like i just i don't i i just i can't get behind it and it reminds me you brought up roger moore and now you're gonna regret opening that that can of worms charles but i like roger remi- moore <laughs> it reminds me so much of live and let die um yeah, yeah. like kind of the 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 race relations that's and the, a really good point uh, it, i'm sorry go ahead though. that is really good i didn't even think about that it, it, they feel so similar i mean and and of course like live and let die is a little bit cheesier campier than this but but it, it has some of the same tones and s- some of the same like just virile white man like racing through the streets and saving the day with his cunning and then all these um just just the music and the the, the music and the lack thereof and i i don't know it, it's it's too similar for me to not draw parallels between and I appreciate things about it, but yeah, I feel like it was a skippable movie overall. Yeah. I would say give it a chance. Th- th- this one to me, this would be, no. a, uh, this would be an ugly movie out of our list. Like, cause I, there's a lot that I do like, and I actually like some of the stunts and stuff when they're, when he's driving around the stadium on the motorcycle and all that. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, but apparently I'm outnumbered on that. Yeah. I was bored by this movie, which is my number one quality of a of a bad pig. <laughs> All right, you guys. Yeah, ready? I, I, my uh, my my always, my criterion for whether or not it's a bad movie or an ugly movie is would I watch it again? And I definitely don't ever want to have to watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and I I actually let my my son watch part of it uh, just to kind of show him because he's as I was telling you guys he's a big Simpsons fan, um, and there, this movie is parodied by The Simpsons. I think in the season eight or nine Halloween episode, they do a version where Homer is the last man on earth and all the people of Springfield have been nuked, I believe. And, and they all turn into mutants that try to attack him. And it's, it's, it's funny. And, and so I wanted my son to be able to get the joke. And he was like, dad, this movie is awful. I know I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I just read in the comment, uh, Laura wrote that she wanted Charlton Heston to shoot the phone that was ringing. So that trailer is very weird. And that scene with the phones <laughs> is weird. I give you that. Like that's, that's, that's a, it's, the trailer are, is bizarre. There are, there are no scenes in this movie that are not weird. Charles. <laughs> <laughs> that's, true. that's true. Agreed. But the trailer, the trailer makes it even more bizarre. <laughs> All right, let's move on to I am legend then. All right, I Am Legend, surprisingly taken from the same book, has a very similar plot. Years after a plague kills most of humanity and transforms the rest into monsters, the sole survivor in New York City struggles valiantly to find a cure in this post-apocalyptic action thriller. Here's the trailer. Nothing happened the way it was supposed to happen. We're seeing mutations. Cannibalistic hunger. Typical human behavior is now entirely absent.
My name is Robert Neville. I'm a survivor living in New York City. I haven't seen another person in three years. If there's anybody out there, anybody, please. transfer my immunity to infected hosts. I could reverse the spread. I'm not gonna let this happen. I can save you! I can save everybody! No! Light up the darkness. And that is I Am Legend with Will Smith, by far one of my favorites. I really want to know what Charles thinks about this movie. Really? Because I have a, I possibly have a gotcha, but I don't know. I don't want to. Uh, so I want to, I, I want to hear your thoughts first. I don't know where that's going. I like this movie a lot. Okay. Do you like the ending? Okay. So uh, I actually, I like the alternate ending better, much okay. better. I, I don't know if you guys have seen that. I did watch it. Yeah. So in the, so I'll I'll just explain. So in the in the normal ending, spoilers ahead. Press pause now if you uh, don't want spoilers. He finds the cure, uh, but he only finds it as soon as the the entire house is attacked and uh, he's they've retreated into this this shatterproof glass and the, he's about to try to save the woman and child he finds and give them the cure. And as the the main vampire guy hits his head against the glass, it forms the shape of a butterfly in the shattering glass. Previously in the movie, we saw two scenes where Will Smith's daughter, as they were trying to flee for their lives, she doesn't quite understand what's going on. And she's just playing around saying, look, daddy, a butterfly. And so he sees the butterfly. He sees the, the, the woman has a tattoo of a butterfly on her neck. And this is when he realizes, oh, this is the plan. This is like whoever's plan, possibly God's plan. So you like that, Charles? In, I, so in the alternate, I, in the alternate that's, ending. That's a very loaded question, I think. In the alternate uh, ending, he's, he sees the butterfly. And I, I kind of like the alternate ending better as well, Charles, because they they flip the morals, uh, the moral of the story, which is that the woman, uh, the woman vampire he was testing the vaccine on was the love interest of the main bad, the big bad vampire, supposedly. And so he realized that wheels the, the woman out uh, to be with him. And then we see all these the, the headshots of all the vampires he's killed to test the vaccine on. And we realize, oh. He's the murderer, right? Like he's the one who's been hunting and tracking all of them to test this vaccine. 
Um, and so it's like, who's the bad guy here? And I, yes, I, I much prefer that ending. And in fact, I think that was the original ending, but it didn't test well, apparently. So they switched it out with the one that went theatrical. Um, I like it. it. It's, you know, it is kind of a faith based thing. And he's finally said in both versions, he says, I'm listening. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so I like that. But it also, to me, it also says that these people are still humans. They still have part of their humanity because... You know, he's able to, uh, the guy stop, the main vampire stops from killing him and actually walks away with the, with the, the girlfriend or whatever she was to him. But it, it, I did wonder, does that mean that there is a cure now and they're going to all be cured in that version? Um, the other thing that this one does is throughout the movie, um, he's been broadcasting and he thinks he's alone. And this lady shows up, human lady, and, you know, says, not only are you not alone, but there's a, there's a safe place that a lot of the last humans are going to, and he doesn't believe it. He he thinks that's all hokey and will not believe it. In the theatrical version, after he blows himself up, uh, she goes off and there really is a place like that. In the alternate ending, it's implied they're driving to it, but they don't know if it's actually there. So the alternate ending kind of takes that away and you don't really know if there are other people or if that really is just like some myth that she's heard, you know? Okay, so the reason I asked Charles is because I realized after watching this, think about it, it's exactly the plot of Signs. I, I figure that's where you're going with this. movie. <laughs> I actually thought <laughs> that. Like, and you didn't like the contrived part where he realizes, oh, that's why and, and to the be honest, left the water. And to be like, honest, that's I, why the butterfly. And to be honest, I don't like the fact that he sees a butterfly tattoo on her or, or on – he sees it on the, the woman and he sees it on the vampire creature, right? Well, the, the vampire – shatters the glass in the shape of a butterfly in the alternate one i assume it's in the alternate one i can't remember yeah i i i agree i don't like that per se i wish there was a different way to see it but i but i love that i actually like it that they that they're ambiguous about whether there's more people because they because there's a scene in both versions where they're they're kind of arguing about you know this faith thing and if god put this virus to people or if it's just a human thing uh and she has all this faith, and he has lost it. He's lost his faith. So yeah. in the in like the, Mel Gibson in Signs, right? In, in the theatrical one, uh, <laughs> it's like Mel Gibson in Signs because Mel Gibson's putting on the you know he's going back to being a priest. He's putting on his outfit for that. Uh, and in, and the theatrical one of this, they're driving to the compound where there are humans. So the faith is kind of rewarded, right? In the alternate one, I don't know that the faith is really rewarded because you don't know. It's still ambiguous. I don't like the. The butterfly thing. I really, I wish oh, they would okay. have done well, it personally, mind. personally. Uh, but I, I think there's no comparison as far as the ending because the movie sets up this thing with the vampires being still kind of human and still intelligent, especially when they they trap him and they're hanging him upside down. Uh, there's a lot of little moments like that, uh, which again, I, I think this one is very different from the other two movies. Uh, it's th- these creatures. You know, like you're talking earlier, Mike. These creatures are fast. Uh, so is that closer to the book? I don't know. Uh, did the other? Did the book have them talking? Because this one really doesn't have them talking much. Uh, but this one also, I feel like tried to try to deal with it in a more realistic way, and uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, Twenty Eight Days Later when they're showing like the empty city and the person walking around. Uh, that's what I kept thinking about. It, it, I just I love the visuals of this movie, especially towards the beginning. Yeah. And I think Will Smith I- is just an awesome actor in this. He's it's really one good. of my favorite performances of his personally. 
and so hyper realistic too. I feel like they completely. I think they got the details right. Where I was never like, this isn't what it would be like to be alone in New York City. It felt really real to me. Well, even him, like you know, putting down uh, stuff to kind of throw off the scent every time he went in, and having the mm-hmm. the, the watch that would beep and the shutting down the way, all of that felt more realistic. And he was obviously he was traumatized by it, uh, and you know the way he would sleep in the tub. That's a horrible lifestyle. Whereas the Charlton Heston, yeah, it's a terrible lifestyle, but they made it seem like he's just crazy and he's Randy and he's swinging Charlton. I don't know. That's just kind of what I got from it. Like he's just. It's almost his normal lifestyle. It's just we're a little more contained. I, I don't know. Yeah. You a lot a lot more emotion came through in this movie. And I mean, how to your point about Will Smith being an amazing actor, like how awesome do you have to be to carry an entire movie almost by yourself? Yeah. He there was just about nobody else in this movie, and I was engaged from start to finish. Um and I know like people always when you, when this movie comes up in conversation, it always comes up like, "Oh, the dog!" But like, the dog, you got. Like, I mean, it 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 was a gut punch. The dog, I mean, the dog. They, they, I don't know how they did it, but this the dog gives an amazing performance. However, they got that yes. out of that creature, like it legitimately, especially when he like runs in that building and is scared underneath the table and won't come out. Like, it's just so many moments like that where I'm like, "Yeah, this is a this is a really good performance." Well, that it was is. actually it was a Frank Oz puppet that they used. Yeah, sorry, bad joke. It's. I mean, it, it gives me chills just to think about it. Like, I, I'm a big dog person, and the fact that they were, you know, they were. This was his only companion for three years, and she saved his life. And yeah, and it was. She was a puppy. You know, she's yeah. like the last thing he has of his family. I know uh, it, that was. Ooh, that got me. All that right. was one of the sad. I mean, I've seen a lot of sad movies, but like that moment was. Um, up there for me That's yeah and i just watched onward Oof. by the way did you, have you guys seen that movie I know, I we just Pixar? watched it last night oh man well, that, just... that that yeah i like that movie a lot and that because disney put it out on disney plus like really early because it was playing in theaters a month ago um mm-hmm. and that movie I, I don't know how you guys felt about it but man that ending was almost like a gut punch that was yeah that was a coco. Really, co- yeah coco, coco still has it on me yeah coco is coco really sad too every time anyway um all right uh mike any thoughts Nope. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I've been quiet because I haven't seen this. I haven't seen I Am Legend in uh, uh, 12 years or whenever it came out. That was the last time I saw it, unfortunately. So I um, I remember liking it, but I don't remember. I, I would put. I would definitely put this as a good one as well. It's uh, it's Me up too. there. Um, oh, yeah. And I, have, I love the opening with uh, – uh, what's her name? Emma Thompson on the news thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we cured cancer. Like, that's – it's it's another one of those like really eerie moments, and then it just shows the empty New York. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just I really really like that, and I like yeah. that we never see her. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It's she's just like the specter of this movie. Of you know, she was supposed to be a savior and right failed. Was the um so this one's in New York City? Was the um was Omega Man in L.A. I think so. Yes. Okay. I could. I couldn't remember. Okay. This one, uh, the visuals of it, I just, I love, I love seeing it. And they really did that. They had like empty sections of New York, which, mm-hmm. when they're there, there's like a live uh, Times Square thing that you can watch, and it shows how empty it is now. And I think of this movie, it's, it's another one of those like you know reality, yeah. life imitating art kind of thing. 
All right. Yep. Um, so the next two movies uh, are both Cabin Fever, and I, I have a feeling a little more upbeat here. I, have a fe- yeah, I feel like we're gonna yeah we're gonna get some fun stuff. Uh, I, I don't really know what you guys think, but we'll see. Uh, so who's got the synopsis for the 2002 one? I do. Okay, go ahead. Five, five, five college graduates rent a cabin in the woods and begin to fall victim to a horrifying flesh-eating virus, which attracts the unwanted attention of the homicidal local. All right, we're going to play the trailer. You know when you've known someone a long time and you just want to kiss them just to see if they're a good kisser or not? There's nothing wrong with that, right? Stay. I feel nauseous. (laughs) Well, it's not funny. Can you help me? No, 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 no. She's not coming near me! You're a prostitute! You guys gonna kill each other now? You don't look so hot. Help me. I need, need a doctor. I don't wanna get sick. I don't want any of us getting sick. We just don't wanna get it. I see what we got here right now. He's coming towards us! Alright, back off. He looked like he was skinned alive. The party man. Is it safe? Don't worry, I'm healthy. Leave us alone! Somebody help! I'm burning! That is Kevin Fever, 2002 version. Uh, it's just oh, yeah. awful, awful stuff. I don't know. For me, I guess maybe ugly, not bad. My my biggest takeaway is the weird side characters, the the weed guy that comes to the campfire. And that's actually the director, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he did a weird job. And then the police officer that was always talking about partying, man. Yeah, let's yes. party. We can party. And, and, and okay, the the little kid who bites people. And I totally yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally want a sign on my front porch that says, Do not sit next to do not sit next to Dennis. Okay. Because <laughs> he said I, he said at the beginning, you should to make a sign, and when they come back later, there's a sign that says, don't sit next to <laughs> Okay, so I have a thing. I, so, okay, I would, I would definitely say this is an ugly movie. And, and compared to the remake, this is, like, Oscar-worthy, I think. But, uh, but having said all that, I don't understand some of the plot points. Uh, the, okay, the dog at the beginning, is that was that guy, and the dog, Pancakes is the dog's name, I guess, was that guy, Patient Zero? That's what I assume. That's where it first transferred from animal to human? Yeah. Okay, so what does the boy have to do with it, and what does the bunny outfit have to do with it? Well, the bunny wasn't... Was the bunny one in this one? I thought it was only in the remake. No, there was a bunny at the end. Yeah. Was being in the, in the, the hospital. hospital. Yeah. They move, they move past a, an open room, and there's like a guy standing there. Was it the doctor working on a patient? Where yeah, 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 I think so. Were, they showed, we showed, and, It was in the trailer just for a little bit here. They just showed, we showed it was in the trailer. I have to imagine that Eli Ross thinks bunny masks are scary, and that's why he said, "Oh, I'm going to put that in the movie." And then, well, could it be a reference to um, The Shining? Was that a bunny outfit, or was that a different it's animal? A, outfit? It's a bear or a dog. Yeah, that's yeah, what I thought. But anyway, but but so I don't understand so, okay. it though. Is it just him like freaking out, like in a little nightmare kind of scenario in this one? So I, I will say this, and again, this is not a hard movie to follow, but there were a lot of these weird things that you kind of go what's the point there? And, and so 
Yeah, the, the weird side characters really jumped out at me too. But then when I watched the the 2016 version, which we'll we'll talk about, you know, there's a whole thing that I didn't pick up the first time where the 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 hobo cousin Henry or whatever his name was, who the first guy you see who gets splattered by the dog, um, he calls the dog pancakes. And then at least in the 2016 movie, um, the little kid who bites people, Dennis says something of pancakes pancakes pancakes, pancakes. Yeah, and there's this there's this connection that oh maybe the kid got the disease from the dog but didn't affect him the same way or maybe the kid gave the dog the disease and that's why the kid's kind yeah. of deranged and bites people i don't know i mean did that's he bite a, the dog that's exactly right that's what i was wondering too like, i don't get it this idea makes that, this movie amazing guys it makes this movie something <laughs> i'm not sure amazing is the word i would go for what about what about the scene when the kid like halfway through or whenever it is when the kid is like pancakes and then does this slow motion jujitsu like karate whatever it is yes. like what's that <laughs> I this whole it has movie nothing could be, to do with anything what's that yeah and you mentioned Eli Roth oh. as the camp making the cameo as the weed dealer at the campfire mm-hmm. he's also uh, the is he not the killer in the flashback scene? Like, I feel like he plays two cameos that are like back to back. Or was he? Or was he the, like the smiling guy? He's a smiling guy. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, the smiling pin monkey who yes is decapitated and yes. put in the ball, ball return or whatever. Yeah, and that's like, and they show that, and then they immediately the next scene he's also playing this different character. It's like, yeah, okay. I, I just couldn't you have spaced out your cameos a little bit more? <laughs> um, but yeah, I. Uh, it felt like they were going for like a chainsaw massacre vibe where the whole town was kind of sick and twisted, but then they would subvert that idea with these weird characters and the party cop and you never knew who was bad and who was good. Well, and, and, and it becomes not about even the virus um, toward the end. It becomes about, you know, I mean, half the people wind up dead because they get shot by the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the extras from, uh, Oh, I've just blanked on the Burt Reynolds movie. Oh, Deliverance. Off in the woods. Deliverance. The extras yeah. from Deliverance, you know, and 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 they come around and shoot everybody. And and the one friend who comes out of the, the woods a day later saying, I survived, I did it, I made it, and then he gets shot. It's just Well, it was interesting too, because in the in the remake, they show it's the same thing, but he shows his hand and his the hand has the virus on it, and then he gets right. shot immediately after that. But in right. this one they never they never reveal whether he really got it or not. Right. I will say now, call me crazy, but I thought the last third of this movie was maybe not good necessarily, but it was an improvement. Like I I mean the tension was ratcheted up. I mean, I felt like I was more invested in what was happening and it was decently thrilling. Um you know when they all started to get it, and they all—you were like, oh, are, are, "Are any of them?" I mean, you, you spent—you go into this movie knowing that they're all going to get it. There's like no question that they're all going to get it, and um, you know, there's there's no tension from that. But you know, as far as if you're if you're into the gory, splattery <laughs> movies, I mean, I'm not into those movies, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't, again, it wasn't good, but. I would. I definitely would say this is more an ugly film, and and but there's also possibly watchable. And there, but yeah, there, <laughs> yeah. 
That's the, the quote on the back of the DVD case. Massively watchable. But uh, no, but I, one and a half two stars. thumbs sideways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I would say that there's a sense of humor in this one that it's funnier and, yeah. and yeah. right that it's severely lacking in the next one. Uh, which right, there's got, there's like a tongue in cheek. Uh, okay. Do you guys want to talk? Where do you go to the next one? Yeah, we can. Yeah, okay. I really like the this. I really like the remake. All so. right, who's got the synopsis? I, I, have, I have really weird feelings about this. I'm I'm gonna step on Charles's toes a little bit. All right, who's reading the next one? Is it me or oh, I got well, it? It's the same it. as the first one, okay. basically. It's, right? it's, it's it's the same script, but uh, one more time. Yeah. It literally says um, one sentence, which is. While visiting their getaway cabin, five friends succumb to a flesh-eating disease. <laughs> All right, and here's the trailer. Uh, you're going to love it. It's just peace and relaxation and relentless pounding for like six days. <laughs> Don't forget about the beer. Wow. This place is amazing. Sometimes you've known someone a really long time. You just want to kiss them just to see if they're a good kisser. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Whoa, whoa. Boy, that's how people get themselves shot. It looks like you guys were having some kind of party last night. She's sick. I'm not dying like that. What are we dying? No, any one of you could have it. Them kids got disease. Cattle get sick. You gotta kill it before it spreads the rest of her. Where are you going? To get help. I don't want to get sick. I don't want any of us to get sick. Man, you're not looking so good. I don't look so good! And there you have the remake, Cabin Fever 2016, uh, which I really enjoyed this. I think I watched them like back to back within 24 hours. And so to me, this is just like a fun remake of the first where they're they use almost the exact same script. They may they make some a few minor changes, but it was just fun to see production value and money thrown at this and uh, and real effects. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you like this more than the 2002 version? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Seriously. Are you kidding? So okay, yeah. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. I just surprised okay, me. Tell us why, Mark. So then this, I want to say something that's also gonna blow the, the, the mind. first one. Got me thinking about what makes a bad movie bad, and of course, there's a long list. Um, so so I I started bullet, bulleting them out. So no character change is is one thing where there's no character arc. And in the first one, there was Ryder Strong's character is kind of a snowflake. He can't really, you know, he's not confident in this relationship. And by the end, he's like murdering people and yelling at the cop, you know, get me a car. Uh, unnatural human behavior. That was a that was a mark against the first one, because like Bert goes and thinks he kills this guy in the woods and then acts somewhat normal and comes back. I'm like, that's not how people act. He, he didn't act like torn up like he did in this remake. So I like that in the remake. Things made more sense, like their behavior and acting 
made a lot more sense than what, what they were doing. Um, low production value. So the first one had pretty low production value. This one obviously had a lot more money thrown at it, better cameras, better music. Um, and so I think they traded they traded the character development um, for the production value. Because in the new one, the, the Rider Strong character isn't as, as weak of a character and he doesn't really... It really doesn't change much throughout. This just seemed like a a shiny ver a shinier version of the original, which I which I liked. It was just fun to watch them do this well in terms of like the filming and directing and editing and all that. What what makes it worse, Charles? It's the same script. <laughs> yeah, the same script. It's just but, better, but terrible. Uh, I, I, and actually, when I was watching it, I, I thought that I was like, "How is this verbatim the same dialogue?" But really terrible now i i know but much better but much darker and more so like charles what, charles, what how what, much time elapsed between the time you saw the first one and the second one i mean did you see the first one like when it first came i out, saw the first or? one it first came out yeah um and, okay, then, so and, for and then i rewatched you, it yeah there was a, a lot of time i i like mark watched i had never heard of this movie before and i watched them both back to back and and you had sort of told me that this, the remake was terrible, and so I was expecting it to be terrible. And I didn't really like the first one much, so I thought, well, how can it be more terrible than that? Um, and, and like I said, the, the the first one was sort of two thumbs sideways, barely passable or whatever, passably watchable. Um, so so I, I didn't think that this was dramatically worse than the first one. There were some things about it that were much more over the top, uh, there were some things about, I didn't think that the, the effects or, or the production values were particularly bad or cheap looking in the, in the original one. Uh, and this one didn't, didn't improve upon it, but it didn't, it wasn't any worse. I mean, if you told me that one of these was, was the original and one was the, the remake, I would have honestly a hard time deciding which was which, because it was so much the same. Really? It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't the shot for shot remake, but it wasn't. It wasn't like we did it because I, I assumed they were going to do something different. They're going to take the same basic premise and make it new. And they didn't do that. And I thought, why and, make this movie? Exactly. I make it's, this movie. It's like if you're not going to change it or, or update it for modern audiences, anything. You you went with all the same stereotypes, all the same types of characters. But, oh, man. I okay, couldn't so, agree less because <laughs> they they put it through a different filter. Like that's what they did. They – like all the dialogue, whatever that filter is, it stripped it of the humor. And see, that's the thing. I well, like. Not, I like the yeah, tone yeah, yeah. of the first one. The tone is much funnier uh, to me in the first right. one. I want to. I want to hear what what you what you're saying that was that was better as they did it. And what what did they improve, Mark? Because I'm okay. Just so like for instance, take the take the police officer character in the. So I guess when I say better, I mean darker and more sinister and made much more sense as a as a virus. More, more realistic even yeah. in the situation. But, yeah, I agree with this police and, character. And they're doing it to sure. a nod to the original where it's like a dark version of an originally comic movie, which I just enjoyed the premise and the setup. But so in the in the new one, she's like, yeah, you want to party? And she, she's saying it almost like you can tell she's a bad person. Whereas in the first one, it was just this goofy cop who was like, yeah, you like to party? Yeah, me too. I like yeah, I party I all the time. And the way, But the way she was saying it was like sinister. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. So, so let's throw it to Kelly because I think you had something to say about the cop and the gender swap issue there. Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> so, so I do not understand. Like, I am very interested in when they do gender swap type of roles because I think you could, 
like you're saying, Mark, you can put a different filter on it. You can you can have the chance to take a little nugget from a different movie and make it the same and yet also different. But I didn't feel like there was no reason to gender swap it. And and I actually I, I disagree, Mark, because I didn't think I, I didn't see it through a different filter. In this case, it was just like this uh, in the first one when all he was like party party five pounds of dangling meat like like i just chalked it up to some kind of quirky 2002 humor but it didn't feel like anything that any human would say especially not in 2016 when she was repeating those same lines and so i couldn't really i couldn't really get into it and i didn't like she had this scar on her eye right here and it never explained why she had that and so it was like is she part of the whole pancakes <laughs> phenomena I, I don't know and then when she that's started- where the boy bit her <laughs> Make the- the eye. And then it, was, it was like oh yeah she's hot oh yeah <laughs> that, that little peach in there she's real sweet like all these little lines and i'm just like why who who would ever yeah. say that and why are you saying that and oh just- man you guys are all three wrong Charles, did I, you like did you like Tusk? Uh, Tusk is an ugly uh, it's an ugly film. I do like uh, it, but it's ugly. That's what this remind that's what this reminds me of tone wise. It's like no, what the no the heck? original Cabin the Fever top. the original what? Cabin Fever was more like Tusk. This is no they took no. all the humor out. Tusk at least had some humor in it. Uh, okay, all right. So well. so here's here's my big my big thing on this movie. Um, when I watched the first one. Uh, like you said, all the characters are sort of these these stereotypes. You had, you know, the bad girl, and you had sort of the frat boy, and you had like the the big beefy jock dude, and and I guess the main character, the the not Saved by the Bell, what's it, the the show he was from? Boy Meets World. Yeah, yeah, the Boy Meets. I kept calling him um, Savage's big brother, uh, Fred Savage's big brother, um, but. Um, they all had like their defined roles and they all had different physical looks to them. So I could tell who they were. Like you had the big beefy jock guy, uh, Brett or Bert or whatever his name was. And then you had the, the, the guy who ran off who was sort of blonde and you had, again, a casting somebody whose face you recognize. So you can link onto who that character is. Um, and then you had a brunette girl and a blonde girl in the remake. You still had the brunette girl and blonde girl, but now all three of the men looked similar enough and I didn't recognize one of them to be able to put a yeah. pin on that one. So as they kept coming in and out, I couldn't remember who was who. And I kept getting confused by who was who. And if I hadn't seen the original and kind of know who said that line, cause it was the same <laughs> dialogue. Um, I, I had no idea. I couldn't figure it out. And, you know, changing one to, instead of this sort of party guy to the, um, uh, to the business about uh, the the gamer who was you know withdrawing from Call of Duty or whatever oh, yeah. whatever game he was you know that was an interesting change but it didn't really change it just it just felt updated you know I, I could see that being a 2016 thing and not necessarily a- am I crazy or was there an, another girl in the plot in the new one was there a third girl no no okay no. it was still was, it was still fine I kept thinking about that I was like because because I was well, I was wondering what else they gender swapped and I I was like I think there are three girls but yeah okay. But, but okay, now, I, I don't know if we said this during the break or not when we were watching the trailer, but we were talking about In the Shed. Uh, in this version, 
when he has to to kill the girl in the shed, spoiler, it's ridiculous. It doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. It would have fit in with the first movie a lot more, I thought. Because it's like I mean, people- I thought I thought it in the first one was was horrible because this is the this is his love interest and he has to go kill her. And I thought, you know, oh, that's gut wrenching to have to do that. And and in this in the in the remake. You know, it's it's not just gut wrenching. It's it's horrifying because he tries to kill her and doesn't. And then he, spoiler alert, douses her with gasoline or lighter fluid or something, and sets her on fire. And and she's just <laughs> wait, but that's that's after he put a shovel through her mouth that didn't kill her. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, try, and she she's was like, able try to again. Kill me, kill me. She's like, try harder <laughs> or so whatever she said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was like a silly, goofy moment that just. Totally, yeah, humor, Charles. It, I had humor. It was that's great. the only moment in this movie that had humor. It, no, it's not. But they did oh bring gosh. out the, the they did bring out the kid with the the rabbit at the end. This was that was much more apparent. He was in the woods with the costume. Yeah. Again, why? What does that have to do with it? What? I'm so shocked, Charles, that you don't like this that this remake version. I thought this would be exactly up your alley Con- conceptually, and they like. If we were doing cabin fever movies, this would be the bad, and the original would be the <laughs> the ugly. But then again, if we're doing all cabin fever movies, who, which one would be the good? I don't so, know. Okay, uh, in, on another day, I want to do like a, a clip side by side clip analysis, <laughs> and just show just show you what I'm talking about. But Mark, okay. I I kind of agree with you in that regard. Like, I hated the gender swap, but. But, but not just ma- the gender swap. I mean, like the, the gender, like in, in many other ways, it was. Uh, I agree, at least comparable to the other. Even ones. just the intro, the first ten seconds, you can tell the tone they set of like, it. This is more of a of a serious, like they're setting the tone of this slasher horror thriller with this. I don't know. Anyway, there were a couple All- points. There were a couple points that I thought were vastly improved and they were they were very subtle um one was when they're sitting around the campfire and they're telling the story about um the the bowling alley stuff and and they they make a big deal about and they don't show it to you so it's just guys at a campfire the the original one they showed it to you but then he says something about oh that must have been horrible imagine watching all your friends die and knowing that you are next and i was like Oh, that's the yeah. point of that story because that's what they're all going to be going through. It's a nice little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, and then and then I didn't really catch it the first time, but they had the whole uh, they had the whole bet about oh, I bet you won't drink anything but beer this whole weekend. And then they obviously make a big deal about oh, drinking the water is how you're yeah. going to get this virus. And I think that they were trying to make a point that by not drinking the beer or by not drinking the water, it prolonged. And I can't remember which character it was when they were going to get it or something like that. And I thought, oh, okay, I can sort of see that. But again, they didn't really play it up enough yeah, yeah. to make it connect. Well, I, think in the, in the, I think in the first movie, that I think it was Travis was his name, but I think uh, that's why he survived was because he took the beer out of the fridge and that's all he was drinking. It makes perfect yeah. sense. Did they play that up enough to, no, it didn't. to, to click it up? In either one, end? they didn't really, yeah. Well, I mean, I, and, and there were so, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kelly. There were so sorry. many things that were, I mean, so many points of, oh, look, she's touching the water. Oh, she's going to drink the water. Ooh, the scary water. And, you know, it was just a little ham-fisted in, in both versions. I think that's, I don't know how you make that not seem so ham-fisted, but it, it, it felt very contrived. I got one other one, but I want to hear what Kelly has said. Oh, well, I, I was just, I, during the second one, 
I thought that same thing. Like they they seemed to really play up like zooming in on the glass of water, the <laughs> sinister water. But then in the first one, you realize a lot sooner why they're emphasizing the water because you see that the body of the person is in the water and it has thus infected the reservoir. But in this in this in the remake, it ta- I mean, I thought they just were never going to explain that because like you didn't see it until um, Paul and he were fighting in the water in the last like 10 minutes of the movie. And so if you didn't, if I hadn't seen the other one, I'd be like, what is the deal with these glasses of water? I mean, I guess you could put it together without that. But I don't know. I, I was curious why they delayed showing you that was how it was all. Infected. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was definitely the the dots were connected better in the, the first version, I thought. Mm-hmm. How about those sex scenes? Sorry. I, just, uh, <laughs> I thought one of you was going to bring it up. Definitely. Uh, no, it had to be Charles I mean, every it's time. It's par for the course. <laughs> it's par for the course for it's, horror movies. I, yeah, mean, I was going to say teen slasher movie. Yeah. They were that gratuitous compared to any other. No, they weren't. And, 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 and actually, uh, the I, I preferred the original one. Again, the shaving scene when she's shaving her legs and the flesh is coming off. I thought it was much more. Much more impactful in the first one, the way it was done. Ooh, yeah, yeah. The, I didn't understand why she was in the bath to begin with in either of them and why she just kept putting a razor against her skin, knowing that all these people are getting flesh-eating viruses. And... Yeah. But I mean, but, and the, and the sex scenes were gratuitous when they're just like, well, they both have it. And they're like, oh, we might as well sleep together. Okay. It, yeah, and that made no sense to me, character-wise, in either version. No. Yeah. It was like, why? I, that was stupid. He goes, and, and the main character, what was his name? You guys were saying his Aww. name like, was that the main guy? Well, whoever it was. Um, he goes from being, you know, in love with the blonde girl and then broken up about the, you know, horrified by the fact that she's the dying. Oh, there's another thing we could talk about is the, the creepy way he starts fondling her while she's basically blacked out. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, then, she, no, she was like smiling at him and told him to stay with her. And I don't know. Okay. Sorry. It was pretty creepy creepy to me okay <laughs> but then you know he 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 goes he goes back and forth from you know he's in love with her and then he's you know um having sex with the other girl and then he's horrified that he's got to deal with this his original girl it was just like you said all over the place there was no character continuity to me yeah yeah the other thing that i thought was a vast improvement in the second version sorry charles was the the loss of the the joke revolving around the gun being sold to the Negroes? Oh yeah. Oh. When they did that the first time, it was just like so cringy and bad. And when they get to the end, and it's like, oh, it's a setup for the world's worst joke. Um, I could not believe. I thought I felt like I felt like the whole movie was made because he just wanted to make that joke. You know, he couldn't make a five minute short film about that joke. He had to turn it into a ninety minute. <laughs> yeah. horror film <laughs> yeah and, and when they didn't That's when they true. didn't do that the second time i thought okay at least somebody somewhere said okay no we're not signing off on this bad moment well he, eli roth produced this one too i just want to point well, that it's out funny but, yeah, too, but i agree with like, you. i agree with you on that that joke was terrible you could never <laughs> i mean you could never do that today you, like 
I mean, you use that word in any context today. It is in the like, sense that it, you it just lost your Tarantino entire career. Tarantino would. Yeah. I I don't yeah, like I don't like the it. fact that I don't like the end of it. The 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 punchline essentially, but I do like the fact that he's these aren't just racist people in this. I do kind of like yeah. that. I wish you could explore that a little more. Subvert well, the expectation. Well, I really liked that character before he used the N word. And then he used it. And then at the end, it was like, oh, okay, well, they salvaged the racist part of that character, at least. <laughs> sort of. Right. Sort of. Right. Kind of. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Not really. Uh, anyway. Speaking of speaking of Tarantino, you know, you can draw the Tarantino line through Eli Roth to Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Bruce Willis. You know, there's a lot of Tarantino connections in all these movies we're That's talking right. about today. It's true. No Will Smith yet. Dang. <laughs> well, was he going to be Django? Will Smith at one point? I'm I don't. sure there was talk of it. Yeah. That. Anyway. Yeah. All right. All, All right. right. So are we... This uh, was fun. Are was. we... Are we um, I guess I'm the one that's picking the next topic. Well, we'll we talk about this like... So we... Okay. So we haven't done one like this since December. We did a special one for the Oscars, but we haven't really done one... And in that December episode, I think Kelly said she was... It Was it Kira Knightley period pieces we were going to do? Yeah, but we we never did get your picks from that for just various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to be clear: I'm not stepping on your toes here. I'm not cutting you off. This is I, I have. <laughs> this, this was a voluntary <laughs> thing. Yeah, yes. I was. Yes, I was asked. I was asked to do it. So okay. <laughs> um, now you uh, jerk, Charles. I know. Every time, I just wanted to be known. We we we, we will eventually get back, circle back to yeah, the Cure Nightly. Um, but uh, I have a lot that we could choose from, and I and so when I was asked, like, do I have one ready? It's like. Uh, yeah, probably. So <laughs> I, I, just, I don't, the one I'm going to pick, I don't want to get, I've done similar ones, but here we go. Anyway, I want to do one over animal and human hybrid movies. Um, okay. Okay. I, I know we've done one over live action, talking animals and all that, but I don't have a thing or a fetish. No, that's different, man. Yeah. That's so different. I just want to be dumb. Cause, yeah, cause yeah, yeah. yeah, these are movies where, you know, they're, they're hybrid. It's a, kind of a mixture of both. So anyway, <laughs> My picks, in no particular order, are Cats, the recent one. Uh, oh, no. That's right. Island of Dr. Monroe, the the uh, the remake, not the original one. Uh-oh. What year? Uh, it's in the 90s. I don't remember exactly okay. what year. And then and then the original Planet of the Apes. Wow. Okay. With Charlton Heston. Yes. <laughs> That's actually one of the reasons I went, I went with this one, or just to tie into the Omega Man. I will... But- I promise I will brush up on my Charlton and Heston impersonation. And you guys, I don't know if you remember, like, during Christmas break, and I was, like, asking you guys, I was like, I may choose a topic. Have you guys seen Cats? Well, now you can watch it from the comfort of your own house. So Great. Uh, you have okay. to watch it from the comfort of your own house. There is no other choice. <laughs> yeah. yes. And there's a... <laughs> I don't want to get into it, but there's a special uh, cut of the movie that's playing. I don't know if you've seen that on YouTube. With uh, buttholes. Yes, that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, that's an interesting it's ridiculous. cut. Ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, wow, I don't even know what that sound is. Oh, anyway, that's um, interesting. Picks. That was an interesting sound. Someone gave me the bell. Uh, oh. Okay, cool. Oh, I think. Uh, oh, I think Chad is messaging you, Doctor Mike. He's saying, uh, "Let me know when you guys want to discuss Burbs and Joe versus the volcano." <laughs> Been there, <Yes>. done that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Wait, that was actually. Have I posted that one yet? I did post it. I think I've got. Okay, yes. so I do have a lot I need to post. Um, I'm going to work on that um, during this gap. But yeah, so cats, Doctor Monroe, and Planet of the Apes, Island of Doctor okay. Monroe, and Planet of the Apes. Uh, but not the not the original doc, not the original Island of Doctor Monroe. This I don't is- think I've ever seen the original 
from start to finish. This that'll is be, the, this, that'll be good. This is the remake of it with a Marlon Brando. No, I'm sorry, Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay, yeah, the, ri- the, ri- the original Planet of the Apes, but the remake of Doctor Monroe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also parodied in The Simpsons. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you want to do the outro, Mark? Yes, I will do the outro, which is you can check us out at itsjustawesome.com or on iTunes and Twitter at Good Bad Podcast, all one word. And okay. Charles, you want to add the last bit that I always forget? Uh, I don't know what is it on iTunes. You always mention you always mention something else. We're on Google. We're on Google now too, right? Yeah, we're on Google and iTunes. I was gonna I was gonna say it was just be safe, stay stay at home if you yeah. can. Um, if you're essential and you're out there having to work, um, be safe. Do what you can. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for all that. But if you don't have to be, and if financially it makes sense for you, stay at home, please. Uh, Let's get that curve down. Yep. All right. So have a good one, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks, everybody.